what we expected, was it? <laughs> a lot of mess, a lot of fun. We're excited to celebrate with you today. And one thing that we love doing um, as a kids ministry, as a youth ministry, is hearing how God is working in people's hearts because we're never too old or we're never too young to have an encounter with Jesus. And so what we're going to do for our message slot today is super different. We're going to invite three of our youth leaders up to share some mini messages. Can we give them a clap? Yeah, that's exciting. So exciting. These three guys are leaders in our youth ministry and they just wanted to come up and share one thing that God's been challenging them in their life today. So make sure you lean in because they're short and sweet, but I just really hope that um, this will encourage you today that as we hear what's been happening in their hearts, that it would really challenge us um, and that our hearts said, yeah, hear something from God. So we're going to welcome up Josie first of all. Let's give her a clap. And here we go. Thanks, Mon. Thank you, guys. Um, let's give a round of applause to Tyler and Mon for cleaning up the carnage on the stage. Amazing. All right, so if we haven't met before, my name's Josie, and I'm one of the youth leaders um, on a Friday night at Youth. And I'm excited to be sharing with you today uh, from God's Word. But I'm going to start off with a story. So pre-COVID, pre-2020, who was an avid traveller? Who liked going on planes and travelling the world? Yeah, a few of you. Yeah, well, pre-2020, I was also an avid traveller. Since then, haven't been on so many planes, but that's all right. We're going to, we'll fix that some other time. Um, but uh, I'd done a lot of traveling and a lot of solo flights as well. So um, I was about 16. This one experience that I vividly remember, I was about 16 at the time and my family were in uh, Melbourne and I was going to fly over, meet them and then drive the Nullarbor back home with them. And so I got my grandparents to drop me off at the airport and I was like, cool, I've done it before. Like, you can just leave. You don't have to, like, help check me in or anything. So I walk in to the airport and I go straight to the self-serve because us um, Gen Zs, we don't like uh, personal contact. So we're like, self-serve, run to the self-serve, put my name in. And my name's not coming up on the boarding pass. It's like, your name's not there. And I was like, oh, that's a bit weird. So I walk up to the desk and I have to now talk to someone, which was a bit unfortunate. Um, but I said to the lady, look, I'm on this flight, 12.05 a.m. Um, my name's Josephine Birch, should be on the roll. So she's ticking away at a computer and the longer time goes on, the more I'm a bit concerned about what's going on. And she's like, are you sure that you're on this flight? I said, yeah, I got an email. So I pull up my email, show her my emails and she's like, oh, you're here Tuesday night for a Wednesday morning flight. Your flight was Monday night for a Tuesday 12.05 a.m. flight. I was a full 24 hours late to my flight. So here I am at the airport, 24 hours late. My grandparents are gone. My parents are asleep in Melbourne. I was like, oh, this is a bit great. Um, so I ended up I was able to get on that flight, but it was very costly. It cost me about $600 to get on that flight in 45 minutes. But I got to Melbourne. But I tell you that story to um, kind of uh, give you an illustration of what God does not do with your life. So if you, your, your identity was the plane, if it was your personality, if it was your looks, if it was your time in history, your geographical place, the family he's put you on, God did not make an error in placing you on the earth for such a time as this. And so I've got to read a, a passage of scripture from 
um, Isaiah 45 to really um, cement that truth. It's not just something that I'm telling you. It's not just because um, I'm here speaking that that is a truth. It's because I've read it in scripture and I know it to be true. God did not make an error when he puts you on the earth. He has purposes and plans for you. So we're going to read from Isaiah 45, um, verses 9 to uh, 12. And it says this, Woe to him who strives with him who formed him, a pot among earthen pots. Does the clay say to him who forms him, what are you making? Or your work has no handles. Woe to him who says to a father, what are you begetting? Or to a woman, with what are you in labor? Thus says the Lord. Now when it says that, we've got to listen because it's God speaking. Thus says the Lord, the Holy One of Israel, the one who formed him, ask me of things to come. Will you command me concerning my children and the works of my hands? I, the Lord, formed the earth and created man upon it. It was my hands that stretched out the heavens and I commanded all their hosts. And so God, um, Isaiah here gives this illustration of us being the clay on the potter's wheel and God being the potter. He's molding and shaping you into what he has created you to be. And so oftentimes, and often I, say if I was a plate, God's forming me to be a plate, I look at other vessels and I go, but I want to be a vase, but I want to be a mug, I want to be something different. I lift my fist and I say, God, why did you make me this way? But these verses are saying, no, thus says the Lord, it is I who formed you. I put you on the earth for a purpose. I put you on the earth for plans that I have for you. And so it's not just this verse that declares that truth. There are other verses. So we're going to go to Jeremiah 29, 11. It's a famous verse. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Then there's Jeremiah 1, verse 5. And it says, before I formed you in the womb, before he even started molding and shaping that clay on the wheel, he said, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. That's him speaking about Jeremiah, but that's him speaking to you. Before you were in the womb, I knew you. And then there's Psalm 139, which is a whole chapter about identity. It's a whole chapter about God saying, I formed you, I created you. And at times when I was lost with my identity, when I was struggling with um, who God had created me to be. These were the verses I always went back to. And it's Psalm 139, 17 and 18. It says, how precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. And I always go back to that truth because God's thoughts to you, his plans for you, outnumber the grains of sand. That's an incomprehensible promise. If we could really grasp that promise, it would really change our lives. And it would help us to stop comparing. Because we can spend our whole lives comparing to other people, going, why am I not as tall as that person? Why am I not as funny as that person? Why is my mental capacity not like that other person? And yet God is saying, no. I formed you. I created you for plans fit for you, not for that other person. He's shaping and molding you into who he wants you to be. So he did it with intentionality. He created you with intention. He made you with a certain personality. He placed you in a certain family, with certain um, 
uh, spheres of influence and a geographical place, um, and yet we question him. I question him, and I go, why? Why have you placed me with these types of traits? Um, but these verses are here to remind you that your identity lies in him. It does not lie in what the world tells you and what social media tells you and what your friends tell you, but it, it's what God says and what his word says. So my question that I leave with you is, who is defining your identity? And what lies are you believing about yourself? That you need to go, no, I, I will not believe that lie, enemy. I'm going to come to the word of God and see what does the word of God say about me? What does he say uh, who, what does he say I am? And so this uh, truth is to know who we are, we need to know whose we are. I'm going to repeat that. To know who we are and our identity, we need to know whose we are. We are a child of God. We're redeemed. We're loved. We're made holy. And so God's word is um, it's his words breathed into life. And so to know whose we are, really, we have to get into God's word and go, when we have lies coming at us and when we have thoughts about ourselves that are negative, we go, I'm going to set them aside. I'm going to come to God's word and I'm going to believe the promises that he has given me. Um, I'm going to let them wash over me. And so my challenge to you is when you have those thoughts or daily, are you reminding yourself of what God says in his word? I have in the back of my phone um, a, a passage of scripture that whenever I pick up my phone, I'm reminded who I am. I'm reminded that I'm a child of God, that God has redeemed me because of the gospel, because of what he has done on the cross. That's a daily reminder for me. So my challenge to you is, where are you placing it in front of you daily that you're reminding yourself of your identity? You can place it on a mirror uh, a verse, one of the verses that I have put up, so that when you're brushing your teeth, you're reminded, or on your bedside table, or somewhere, so that you can know your identity in him, and that because of that, we can then walk in the truth of what God says about us. So I hope that encourages one of you, um, because that's something that I definitely struggle with, and have to go back to God's word to know who I am. Um, so with that, I'm just going to pray, and then I'm going to hand over to our next speaker. Lord, thank you for what you say in your word and the truth about who we are, that we are a child of God. Thank you that you are such a faithful God, such a loving God that you have created us, formed us with purposes. And I just thank you for who you are and for who you've called each of us to be in your name. Amen. So I'm going to pass over to Joseph. Can we just thank Josie one more time? Well, hello everybody. My name is Joseph, if we haven't met before. Um, I don't normally get given a microphone on Sundays. I, I, I normally get a couple of sticks and get told to go over there. Um, but I'm just grateful. I'm grateful to be here uh, this morning, especially given my condition. And I'm just grateful because, um, yeah, I, I don't have the ability to talk and breathe at the same time. So this is really nerve-wracking for me. <laughs> so if you see me like... <sighs> Joe, are you right, mate? You look like you run a marathon. Yeah, mate, no, I've just, I said a sentence with two compound words. It's just, it's just a lot. No, no, no. But um, do you want to have some fun this morning? Because we haven't had much fun at this point. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. This has been great. Um, but okay, I need you guys to participate with me. So I need you to be loud with me. So I need you to repeat after me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, 
that was that was awesome. Okay. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Okay, so I feel like you guys know this song, right? Hands up if you know this. <laughs> Great, this is going to be easy. All right, so I want to sing that all together if we want to do that. But as you probably know, I'm a drummer, so I love having a good groove behind any song. So where's Dan Rattledge? Are you in the room? Dan, can you come up here for a second? Yeah, give it up for Dan, everybody. So what I want to do is I want to sing this song together uh, for two reasons, mainly because it's going to be fun. And this song has been stuck in my head for ages, and I want to get it stuck in your head as well. <laughs> so, so we're going to sing it once together, and then we're going to sing it again with a, with a fat track behind it. Are we ready? Okay, one, two. Yes, Jesus loves me. One more time. The Bible tells me so. Okay, give yourself a round of applause. That was great. Thank you, brother. Alrighty. So, can anyone guess what my message is called today? All right, so I'm going to be talking about gratitude. No, no, no. I'm going to be talking about Jesus loves you. Uh, so, yeah, my message is called Jesus loves you because I want to make this lyric mean something to you. Uh, we hear it all the time, repeated at every church service, and that's because it's true. Um, but I just want to, I just think that we hear it so much in kids' ministry and church that it's almost become a quiet white noise that I want to make loud again this morning. Can we do that? Yeah. All right. So I hope you have a lot of space in your notebook because... I'm sure Bella will have a lot of good points after me. So this is going to be very simple. This, I have three simple Bible verses that I would like to show you, and so you can keep with you. Is that all right? Yeah. Perfect. All right. So the first verse I have is 1 John chapter 4, verse 9 to 10. And it says, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. And I chose this verse because I think this is the biggest act of love in history, is God sending his son. And I like what it says is that this is real love, not that we loved God, but that God loved us. And I think we serve God and we praise him, not because we're loving people, but because he is a loving God. So my second verse is Romans chapter 8. Verse 38, and it says, this is a long one, goodness me. All right. I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky or in the earth below indeed. Nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is relevant in Christ Jesus our Lord. And look, this is a long list full of things that will never be able to separate us. Nothing in all creation, in heaven or hell, nothing. And I think that's so good is that God's love was here first and it is unbreakable and nothing can take it away. So the final verse I have for you is 1 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 34. It's very short and it says, Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. So God was faithful to us before we were faithful to him. His love is unbreakable 
and it will last forever. So that's what I've got for you today. Uh, I'd like to invite Bella up, and she's going to bring you another word. Thank you very much. All righty. Good morning, everybody. Like Joseph said, and in the video, my name is Bella. I am one of the youth leaders. I'm also one of the interns here. Um, oh, sorry. Being a bit loud. Um, and this morning, I'm going to share a bit of a thought with you that's just been on my mind lately. So... Kind of similar to Josie's story, um, anyone travellers pre-COVID? I was a fairly frequent traveller. I've grown up, a lot of my family lives over east, so quite frequently we were going to Sydney and Queensland and all different places. And I have come to the conclusion that there are three different types of people on planes, okay? So we have the first person, which is the aisle seat person. Is anyone an aisle seat person? Look, I'm not personally, maybe if you're an aisle person, you like to be able to walk around a little bit, um, easy access to the toilet, all that sort of thing. Then we have the next type of person, which, look, I don't really understand. Josie is this kind of person. This is a middle seat person. Anyone a middle seat person? No. I, it's just a really squished position. I can't really imagine why you'd want to be a middle seat person, but maybe if you're a child, you'd like to be with your parents. I don't know. Then we have the third, or, or Josie, that, sorry. I'm not trying to call Josie a child. Um, then we have the window seat person. Is anyone a window seat person? It's the only way to be. You get nice view. I like to kind of be hidden away in the corner. It's just pretty good. It's what I like. But maybe if you've, if you've been someone who's traveled before, you can relate to me with this. So you're in your plane. You've gotten into the air. You've kind of settled a little bit. Maybe you're looking what food you've got coming up. Maybe what movies there is for you to watch. Then, you know, you feel a couple bumps. gets a little bit shaky. And then we get to turbulence. Has anyone been through turbulence before? It's not fun. It's really uncomfortable. It's shaky. It, it kind of, you can be going, I'm a nervous flyer personally. You can be going through like worst case scenarios, like, are we going to make it down? Um, but it's just a bit of a scary situation. But eventually you sit through it and then you get to your beautiful destination. So just like a flight, our, our life can get a little bit bumpy, a little bit turbulent at times. There are challenges, things we don't expect. It's just, it, that's part of life. And today I'm going to be taking you to a story of kind of how we can trust Jesus in our life through those hard times. So the title of my message today is Trusting Through Turbulence. Say to your neighbour, Trusting Through Turbulence. So this is an incredible moment in the Bible where Jesus calms the storm. You've probably heard this story before if you've been to church, but going to go through it again today. So a bit of context for this story. Um, there are three accounts of this in the Bible across three of the Gospels. So in Matthew, Mark and Luke. And Jesus and his disciples have just had a busy day of teaching and preaching. And it's the evening, so it's towards nighttime. And they're getting into a boat to travel to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. And that's what we're going to pick up in Matthew 8 verses 23. And it says, then he got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Suddenly a furious storm came upon the lake so that the waves swept over the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. So they're in the boat, they're traveling to the other side and this storm comes up. I would be super scared if that was me. Maybe if someone gets seasick, that just wouldn't be a great combination. And Jesus is just sleeping through it. So we continue on in verses 24. It says, the disciples went and woke him saying, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. He replied, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. These men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. So 
they were on this boat. They were scared. I, I completely understand. They thought they were going to drown. Even though Jesus was right on the boat with them, they woke Jesus saying, save us, we're going to drown. And they, they came to Jesus out of this place of complete fear and doubt because they, they were scared. Now, as you can see here, we have this all-powerful God that even the winds and the waves obey him. Now, sometimes like Jesus did in that boat, in a, like Jesus did in that boat, he calms the storm around them. But sometimes in our lives, he might calm the storm around us. Maybe you've got different things going on, maybe with work or with family. I don't know what your journey is looking like at the moment. But sometimes he calms that storm around us and sometimes he calms that storm that's within us. So through Jesus, through trusting in him and putting our faith in him, we have access to this peace. We have access to a peace that surpasses all understanding. And even though we might be going through different situations, you might be going through a storm, you might be going through a season of turbulence, but we have this God and Jesus that can calm all of our situations. It doesn't matter what you're going through, what you're journeying, even if he doesn't calm the storm around you, he can calm the storm within you. scary up here. (laughs) All right, Um, I'm going to invite the band back up now. Hopefully I gave Josie and Joseph enough of a bit of a break. But um, like I said, I don't know what what season you're going through at the moment. Maybe you've got things going on at home. Maybe you've got things going on with your family, with work. Um, Maybe you're just going through a season where you're doubting your faith. But um, I'm going to encourage you this morning to just trust Jesus through your turbulence. And um, when I was thinking about this, I was reminded of a time towards the end of last year, kind of middle to end of last year. I was in year 12, a bit of a full-on time. I don't know if I have any year 12s at the moment, but I was kind of really not sure what I wanted to do with my life. It's a bit of a, it felt like a really big decision for me. And I felt this call towards ministry and this call towards, I'm a Bible college student at the moment. um, And I felt this call to go to Bible college, but I, there was a lot of reasons in my life where it felt like a really risky decision. Um, and it was actually through a conversation with one of my friends that reminded me that we have this faithful God that if He's leading you to that situation, He's also going to lead you through it. And I'm not sure where you're at this morning, whether you're going through something really difficult, maybe you're just cruising along, but Jesus, He is in the boat with you. He is in your storm, even if it feels like He's not at times. I just want to encourage you that you can actually surrender your situation to Him and trust Him through your turbulence and God's going to work it for good. Even if it doesn't feel like that, even if it feels like it's really scary and that there are a lot of risks, or I don't know what your situation is, but Jesus can do things that we don't expect. And our lives are always going to have ups and downs. That's just the nature of life. But I want to encourage you that you can surrender your situation to Jesus and He can bring you a peace. And we're going to go into this song tremble and one of the lyrics in tremble is um, you silence fear and I think that's something that Jesus did in the disciples even though he calmed the storm around them just by him calming the storm it completely eradicated all the fear that was within them and so I want to encourage you this morning to surrender your situation to him whatever you're going through whatever your journey is looking like and he might not calm the storm around you but he can calm the storm that's within you So I'm going to invite us to stand, I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to go into this song. God, I just thank you for every person in this room today, Lord. 
Um, I don't know what they're going through. I don't know what their situation is looking like, Lord. But I just thank you that through you that we have a greater peace, Lord, that no matter what situations anyone is going through, that we can trust you through our turbulence, through our storms, Lord, and that you were in the boat with us. God, I just pray that as we go into this next song, Lord, that you just um, maybe bring onto the minds of people if there's something they need to surrender to you, if there's something that they need to bring into your presence, Lord. And I just pray and encourage that no matter what seasons we're going through, no matter whether we're in the middle of a turbulent season, going through a storm, or whether we're just cruising along, maybe if um, there's anyone in the room doubting their faith or doubting your faithfulness, Lord, I just pray that you bring a reminder to them and that you encourage them through this, that even if you're not going to calm the storm around them, Lord, that you have a greater good and that you can calm the storm within them and then just give them a peace, Father God. In Jesus' name I pray.